This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Samantha Praviti. As always, we will be answering your mailbag questions every Thursday on this podcast, which you can submit for future shows to mailbag at actionnetwork.com. Please stop sliding into my DMs and please send me emails. So as always, I'm excited to be joined by Brandon Anderson, who is my colleague here at the Action Network, who covers NFL and NBA. And you can find him on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. Brandon, uh, do I even dare ask how your week nine was? You know, my week nine was not great. From a batting standpoint, I got smashed this weekend. All those upsets, yeah, they were upsetting. They were very upsetting to my bank account. Somehow, all of the games that I was not certain about, I got right. So I ended up with a winning record for the week, but uh, not so much on the ROI. So yeah, very upsetting week for many, many of us. Uh, Very upsetting week to be a Vikings fan. But, you know, I just call those just weeks. That's just... That's just how life goes. I'm so sorry about the Vikings loss. That was definitely painful. You know, like you just saw it kind of coming and you were like, I see the writing on the wall. I've seen this movie 800 times. Yeah. Well, the worst part about it is that I saw it coming before the game. So I bet on the Ravens because I thought the Ravens were going to win and blow them out. And then they pretty much did late in the game. But I got the worst of both worlds. The Vikings lost and covered and didn't. I didn't get my bet anyway. So it's, it's never good to bet on or against your team. It just doesn't work out for you. How do your that week nine go? I actually feel the same way. Like I can't get Panthers bets right. And a lot of times I hedge emotionally because I'm like, oh, at least I'll have something to root for if they start losing. Anyway, uh, yeah, this was obviously a disappointing week. Let's just call it that to be a Panthers fan. Uh DJ Moore managers, uh, very disappointed as well. Christian Caffrey's return was meh, so-so for fantasy. So, and then now Sam Darnold, like, I don't know. It, who knows what, who the quarterback is going to be? Is it going to be PJ Walker? Is it going to be uh, Matt Barkley? Is it going to be some guy that they pick up off the streets? I don't know, but it's all contributing to the pain as a Panthers fan. <laughs> How would you feel about just, what if they just announced Matt Rule comes out press conference and says, okay, I got news. Christian McCaffrey is starting at quarterback. We're just going <laughs> to run a wildcat and just let him run or pass whatever he wants. He's the offense anyway. We're just putting Christian under center. What do you think? I am not convinced the game would go any differently than if Sam Darnold were under center. I have that's lost. The, yeah, that, that's the thing. Like Darnold, Darnold is so bad that like, honestly, can PJ Walker be any worse? Like, as 
handicapping against that game, I was like, uh, if Darnold's out, I think I like Carolina better. Like we know for sure Darnold is terrible. Walker, eh, you know, he's, he's had his moments in other leagues. Why not? Yes, XFL star PJ Walker. I am actually excited. And you know what? They could act out a win because, you know, it's just one of those situations where it's a quarterback that they don't know. It's like Gardner Minshew that came out of nowhere and then Gardner Minshew picks up wins. So, like, I'm not necessarily saying that Gardner Minshew and PJ Walker are the same, but <laughs> the theory is the same that maybe some guys that they don't have enough tape on, they can sort of, uh, you know, act out a wing, but win, but we will, we shall see. It is, it has been a painful season and I am looking forward to 2022. Uh, Matt Roll just said, he's like not rolling out, exploring all options. And I was like, why didn't you explore Justin Fields as yeah, an option Justin in Fields the draft? Been a good option. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah. So are, are you excited to watch uh, PJ Walker possibly play Colt McCoy this weekend? Are you planning your entire weekend around <laughs> that showdown? Yes. So <laughs> my mother is in town actually this weekend. And I'm, I mean, I feel like I'm just going to use that as an excuse to maybe not watch the whole game <laughs> because it's, I mean, cool, I guess it's football. I'm excited that there's football at any given time and maybe play some fun props or something to make the game sort of interesting. I do think the Cardinals are even with Colt McCoy are going to kill my Panthers. So <laughs> probably won't I mean, be a fun. Uh, Arizona, Arizona is a double digit favorite, even though we don't know who's playing quarterback yet. So I feel like that's, <laughs> Kind of all you need to know. Hey, wait, wait, wait. All the double digit dogs though last week. Like, (laughs) yeah, well, uh, that's true. That's true. Lightning strike twice. Yeah, lightning struck five times already. So (laughs) if lightning keeps striking five times every weekend, then maybe PJ Walker will get the win. Here's what I want to know though. If your mom is in town, is she our surprise 21 questions guest this week? Do we get 21 questions with Samantha's mom? Sadly, no. And my mother, uh, I'll just, I'll just say she's a saint, but has no idea anything about football. Still doesn't know what I do for work. Every single time I feel like I talk on the phone, she's always like, okay, hold on. Just explain it to me really slowly. What is it that you do every day? And I'm like, I don't really know. Uh, I go on podcasts with cool people like yourself and I write things about a fake sport. So uh, yeah, she's, she's definitely really proud of me. She's a, she's a boomer. So she really like it definitely embraces this very weird path in life and is so proud that so happy that she paid for a pre-med degree. So I could do this. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, well, I mean, if you couldn't be like a doctor or a lawyer, I mean, I'm assuming fancy football analyst was probably next in line. Yeah, absolutely. That would, that was for sure. There's their second choice, but I guess in the words of Ricky Bobby, if you're not first or last, uh, <laughs> anyway, let us jump into my favorite segment so far, which is our play hold drop or FMK sort of analog, we will put our professor caps on and talk about three players at each position uh, that are kind of on that fringe or just in the same category, the icky category, the frozen pond category. So Brandon, hit me with some names. Yeah, I mean, this this is the segment to tell your mom about. Just let her know, mom, every Thursday, I'm working on getting my PhD. I feel like that would make a mom very proud. Like both of us should tell our parents we're, we're, we we're eight weeks in so far and getting our PhD every Thursday. We're very hard on it. So I think it's a good way to go. I love it. All right. So let's start with quarterback near and dear to my heart. Two of these guys, Kirk Cousins, my Kirk Cousins playing the Chargers this week. My guy, Carson Wentz, North Dakota State represent playing the Jags 
and then Derek Carr against the Chiefs. What do you think about those three? Definitely a very icky. Really very icky, kind of icky for different reasons. I would say Carr obviously has the best matchup. The Chiefs are the second worst team against fantasy quarterbacks, and uh, you don't need stats to see how bad they've they've looked against the pass. Um, Carson Wentz definitely has a good matchup, and he's been really, really strong since week five. Uh, he's just a guy that I, I feel like even I overlook constantly because he's on the Colts and he's Carson Wentz. Uh, and then Kirk Cousins, a guy who has been actually pretty consistent in the right matchups for fantasy. Uh, I don't think this is the right matchup, though, against the Chargers. So I am going to say Carson Wentz is the play for me, even though I think the Chiefs defense situation is a better uh, opponent. I would just say. Obviously, they had a pretty soft matchup last week, and I think some off-field drama has maybe impacted their offense. Maybe the loss of Henry Ruggs is just something that they are trying to cope with and and whatnot. So uh, I don't know if that's going to bleed into Week 10. And I do want to hang on to Derek Carr because I think they have a pretty soft schedule down the line. So I'm going to say play Wentz, uh, hold Carr, and drop Cousins because I think Cousins is a guy that you could probably drop and he might not get picked up. So like you could probably get him again if you just don't need him this week. Yeah, if you are a glutton for punishment, you can get Kirk Cousins all the times that you need to. I'm with you. I agree on all three of your choices. And just so that I get to say it out loud, cut Kirk Cousins, get rid of him. No more Kirk Cousins. I like that. Get him out of your life. Carson Wentz, I actually didn't realize his numbers were as good as they have been. He's had multiple touchdowns six games in a row. He's had three touchdowns each of the last three games. And uh, Jacksonville actually is one of the worst pass defense in the league too. So uh, Kansas City's defense has played a little better. I'm not exactly worried about them. I actually really like the Raiders in that game. I think it's a good spot for them. But to me, Carr is very steady. He's had two touchdowns in six of the eight games, but never over that. So I think Carr is like the safe option. So you keep him around, play him if there's not a better matchup. I think Wentz is maybe a little higher upside. So I agree. Play once, hold car, cut Kirk Cousins. Get him out of here. All right. Like that? Up next, I, I like that. I like that so much. <laughs> All right. Up next, another guy near and dear to my heart. My guy, Adrian Peterson, playing his old team. No, not my Vikings, the Saints. And then we've got Devontae Freeman and Alex Collins. Uh, Samantha, you sent me this list beforehand. I am shocked appalled and offended that you would put Adrian Peterson with these other two turds of a running back. So tell me why Adrian is not the obvious play here. First of all, I just want to say that I meant to change uh, Alex Collins to Antonio Gibson, but we'll just leave him in here. We'll just, we'll just keep going. Um, And on Adrian Peterson, by the way, I was just watching the league again. Like I literally started it from the very beginning and the part where they're like, talking to a defendant and trading uh, the number one spot so they could draft Adrian Peterson. It definitely brought me back because I was like, this is not the AP that we know. So anyway, I mean, AP obviously found the end zone last week on 2.1 yards per carry. Uh, Donta Foreman, I think, outplayed Peterson and Jeremy McNichols. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just think this backfield is largely unappealing and I don't want to be like, I called this, but I did feel, I feel like I said that this Derrick Henry list backfield was just going to be kind of a, a cluster. 
that I didn't want any part of. I did pick up Peterson in spots where I was desperate, but I'm just like not excited about Peterson and they are in a brutal matchup against the Saints, allowing a league low 73.8 rushing yards per game. So I think also his just like one dimensional rushing style. It's just a bad match for for the Saints. So uh, we just saw them shut down Mike Davis, but like I could shut down Mike Davis. So uh, he is the drop for me, I think. So uh, did I just see that today that they activated Chris Carson or designated Chris Carson for return? Yeah, I, I think, I, I don't know if he's activated. I, he, he looks like he's on his way to return. I, I saw some okay. up, similar update. Yeah. So. Okay. So I'm calling an audible here. Obviously I told you, I like prepared my own notes with Antonio Gibson. Sorry guys. Okay. Yeah. So I would say I would hold Gibson. I can't, you can't start him against the Buccaneers and you can't start him with what we saw before the buy. I hope the buy came at a good time for him to sort of get a little healthier. He's averaging like 10 fantasy points per game and half PPR. Um, yeah, I just mentioned it's a brutal matchup against the Bucks. I just don't feel comfortable playing him without kind of seeing the workload. I just, I think like we've seen teams have success against the Bucks when they kind of abandon the run. So uh, I, I think if they're smart, they might do that. And then I would play Devonta Foreman. Obviously this is contingent on Latavius Murray sitting out another game, but he definitely looks like the guy 13 carries for 79 yards and um, scored a touchdown last week. The Ravens are obviously a very run heavy team though. Much of that is, is obviously uh, Lamar Jackson, but they are facing the dolphins this week uh, who have been very permeable against the run. All right. You convinced me, you convinced me to actually like listen to the argument, but you did not convince me to cut Adrian Peterson. (laughs) So yeah, I agree. The Tennessee's running back situation is not going to be great, but Peterson, I think, you know, it's Adrian Peterson. Like, come on, they're not going to give Dante Foreman the carries ahead of him. I know he was good for a couple of carries. Peterson, old man AP just fell into the end zone. That's why I like him. He's going to keep doing that because the Titans like to run when they get near the end zone. They're playing really well. They're going to keep scoring touchdowns. It's not a great matchup, but, you know, the guy plays with a chip on his shoulder. I I think that he's going to get a decent shot at getting a touchdown. Just that extra little push that he needs, even in in a tough matchup. To me, Peterson and Devontae Freeman are pretty similar spots of just like, all right, it's not 2012 anymore. So what are we doing with these guys still? And Baltimore's situation is definitely better. Uh, I was thinking, you know, Baltimore's uh, EPA expected points added by rushing is number one in the league by like a huge margin over the last four weeks. And they're like 50% higher than number two and they're triple all but the top four. Like they're crushing everyone in rushing attack. And I was like, oh, wow, Baltimore is back. Look at their running offense. And then I looked at their individual stats. Yes, it's just Lamar Jackson. It's Lamar just- <laughs> is just a god running over everyone. And every now and then he's like, oh, hey, I got running back still. Who's This is my sixth string over here. Uh, Freeman, here you go. Run for four <laughs> yards. Okay, my turn again. So I don't know. Devontae had a nice line this week, but what did he have like a couple of carries the week before and like nine the week before that? And we've said his name so many times as a Baltimore running back. He's like about to tear his ACL just hearing us talk about him right now. So, oh. <laughs> I mean, sorry about it, but let's be real. I know. I feel so, so bad. Yeah, Gibson is the hold to me. Peterson, I, Freeman, I think, has a slightly better play this week. Thursday night, you know, 
if you just are focusing only on this week, I guess I would probably play Freeman if it's like a DFS choice. If it's who I have to actually get rid of, Freeman is my easy cut out of those. Gibson, Alex Collins, get him out of here. Like he's gone. He's out of the question, but I'm going to keep Peterson. So I'm going to say, I'm going to stay true. I'm going to play Adrian Peterson and hold on to Gibson and cut Devante Freeman. So we'll, we'll see how our uh, ancient octogenarian running backs do this week against each other. All right. Hilarious. Uh, let's go to some, some stinky, stinky receivers. So Michael Gallup, Tim Patrick, and Marquez Calloway. So my first question is this. I did not see an update on Michael Gallup. Is he back in the mix now? Is he healthy? What have you seen about him? Yesterday, he was due to return to practice uh, okay. after spending all but one week on injured reserve with a calf injury. So obviously this stuff is going to be contingent on if he actually plays this game, but I want to operate under the assumption that he is going to play. He is a guy that I actually really feel like is just an underrated guy, but he might just be one of those people that I just like can't cut bait with like mentally. Uh, but he's, I mean, 2019, he had an 1100 receiving yard campaign. Uh, Cowboys have a really great matchup against the Falcons this week. This game has the highest point total of the entire week at 55. So I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. Obviously there are downsides to him. He's going to be probably the fifth option at best in this offense besides behind CD lamb, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, Ezekiel Elliott, possibly even Tony Pollard. Like, I don't know where he ends up falling in this hierarchy, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, I think that he has the most upside of the three. Okay. So I'm holding on to Tim Patrick. (laughs) He's also, he's another guy. I don't know that I just like, I can't, I I can't quit. I think he's like, if he had a spicier name, he would be more rostered, but he doesn't. And he's coming off the best. He's got two first names. Is that, I think you like the two first names. Is that what's keeping him around for you? Tim Patrick. What if he was Patrick Tim? Would you still like him? Patrick Tim. I mean, he just sounds like an accountant, like your parents CPA, but like at the same time, I think that he's, always underrated uh he's his roster ship is always really really low i think in relation to like how valuable he is to the team caught four or five targets last week for 85 yards and a touchdown i think it's encouraging to see that his targets haven't completely fallen off a cliff with jerry judy back that said they're getting noah fant back so i would like to see how this offense kind of shakes out with all their weapons healthy. So I want to hold on to him. I think I'm going to drop Marquez Calloway. I think like he has the best matchup of the, and it's going to be really hard to drop him. Also, he's coming off of a good game, caught a touchdown. The targets have kind of been steady, but the quarterback play has not. So he's just one of those like boomer bust guys that like may find the end zone every three weeks. And that's cool. But I just think it's a kind of low upside for me. So I am okay with cutting bait with him. Yeah, this is this is a rough trio. I'm okay with cutting bait on any of these three guys if you need the roster spot. Uh, I'm not sure that any of them are really must holds. Uh, I didn't know Michael Gallup was back and ready to go or, or soon to be ready to go. So I think of the three, I'm definitely not cutting Michael Gallup of, of those choices. Uh, I will say too, so I, I didn't realize, I forgot what his injury was. So Michael Gallup has a calf injury. Dak Prescott, also calf injury, I think. So what's with all these calves? It's the Cowboys. Of all teams, shouldn't the Cowboys be better with calves, right? All right? I'll be <laughs> Oh my God. Dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that on Michael Gallup. I don't think you can play him when we haven't seen him play for so long. So I guess he goes in the hold spot for me. 
I'm not into Tim Patrick. Uh, I, I guess I don't really have a thing for accountants. So he seems like he's like the fourth option to me on Denver with their guys back. And it's not exactly a team I'm looking to go deep into their options. I don't know what the options are for the Saints. Marcus Callaway has 26 targets the last four games. From who? I don't know. Whoever happens to be throwing him the ball. Maybe he'll be the guy that throws the ball. I don't know. Like Michael Thomas isn't there. It doesn't look like he's back this season. So I just feel like there's upside possibly there. Their passing game has actually been relatively efficient considering the mess of everything that they're working with. So I guess that means I'm starting Marcus Calloway and cutting Tim Patrick and holding Michael Gallup. So yeah. I mean, I, I I wanted to put a whole tier together of guys that are similar. So yeah, it of course makes these decisions a little harder. (laughs) I think like it stinks if you're in a situation where you have to start one of these guys, but you don't know, could be like a 20 team league, a 16 team league. I have 16 team leagues where I have to start Tim Patrick sometimes. So uh, it happens, you know, bye weeks happen, injuries happen. This is fantasy football. Like (laughs) the the worst part of the fantasy football, the word fantasy being part of it, this is not a fantasy. We have to start one of these loser receivers that nobody (laughs) cares about. Like Tim Patrick's grandma is not rostering Tim Patrick to start him this week. And we're, this is a grandmother's podcast. Like, this should be like nightmare football should be the name for it. Fantasy football. This nobody's fantasy is starting Michael Gallup, Tim Patrick and Marquez Calloway. You know what? Tim Patrick is going to pop off for two touchdowns this week and you're going to eat your words. <laughs> so anyway, let's move on to tight ends. All right. So I don't mind these three tight end options. We've got Dan Arnold, Tyler Higby and Hunter Henry. Not terrible. What did you think about these three? I think this is going to be a spicy one. I'm going to say play Arnold, hold Henry and drop Tyler Higby. And I know dropping Tyler Higby is going to be difficult. Uh, He also saw 10 targets last week in the Rams kind of shocking loss and had a very close touchdown called back. Like his toe touched a blade of grass. Like it it was so so close. Every single time I watched it, I was like, oh, he's in. Oh, he's not. He's in. He's out. Uh, Anyway, obviously would have changed his his fantasy day, but he's only scored double digit fantasy points in half PPR once all year. And that was in week three. I just think he's kind of far down on Matt Stafford's priority list. And he just is a touchdown dependent guy. So I can't play him this week against the 49ers who are allowing the ninth fewest fantasy points to two tight ends. And then they have a week 11 bye. So that is why, where I am with Higby. Uh, I know that 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 would probably be the hardest one for people to cut, though, because of the talent in the previous production. Henry, on the other hand, uh, I want to hang on to because I want to see if the targets go up. He's actually scored a ton recently, five touchdowns in the last six games. But he's getting like three targets per game over the last four weeks. So it's it's like it's difficult because like the production's there, but the volume's not. And it's in the Patriots offense who like, you know, they're relying on their defense to keep these games really, really low scoring. And the, the passing attack's just not there. Like uh, if Mac Jones passes for 200 yards this week, I'll be surprised. So I I want to hold on to him to see kind of if that role gets a little bigger. And then Arnold. He did really well last week. I mean, not really well, but well, considering he played the Bills, uh, you know, caught four of seven targets for 60 yards. Now has at least seven targets in three of the last four games. He gets a much easier matchup against the Colts this week. They're very permeable against the pass and are allowing the six most fantasy points to tight ends. Uh, 
obviously the Jaguars offense is the worst of the three. And that is something that I want to look for, or uh, actually, no, I don't know if that's obvious that they're worse than the Patriots, but they're down there. Wow. Uh, but his, fired at Bill Belichick. <laughs> Bill listens to this podcast, you know, but his targets in production just make him uh, in the matchup makes him an attractive borderline top 12 play. And sorry to Bill Belichick's grandmother who's watching this podcast. <laughs> Bill Belichick's grandmother is not listening to this podcast. Bill, I, I have very sad news to tell you about Bill Belichick's grandmother. She has visited a farm long ago, I think. Um, I, I had to say, I can't help but notice here on our tight ends, Dan Arnold, Hunter Henry, more double first name people. You are really into these like accountant, like, let me ask you this. Would you rather start Arnold Dan or Henry Hunter if they were options? And I don't know. I don't know that it matters because it's interchangeable. This is like a palindrome. So uh, no opinion there. Henry Hunter is a blocking tight end. Henry Hunter, (laughs) Henry Hunter is like just, just Jack like down. He's like a sixth lineman. You don't want to be starting Henry Hunter unless you get like points for pancakes. And he's very good in those leagues. I've played in a fantasy league before with offensive linemen where you got points for pancake blocks. That is a a thing that I did with my life. I like that. I I did not like that. (laughs) Okay. Wait, no, that sounds fun. Like I I play in a lot of IDP league. Uh, Sorry. I I have played in this IDP league for a while. I should rephrase. And I think that that is so much fun. So I think that adding in a different dimension of offensive linemen could be interesting, but I guess you don't, you don't share that sentiment. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm all for adding dimensions. I've played in a league with punters before. Uh, one of my favorite rules is where you have to start a rookie, a non-quarterback rookie, like a, any running back receiver tight end slot. So I like mixing it up. Offensive line was a little uh, too far for me. <laughs> like there's just not enough numbers there, but uh, back to our tight ends. I, I agree. Dan Arnold is the play. You, you had all the good stats. It's a good matchup. The Colts have not been good against tight ends. They're probably going to be, the Jags should be behind most of the game too. So that helps. Uh, I was going to keep Tyler Higby and then ditch Hunter Henry. You sold me. Higby, not really all that exciting. He's getting catches, but not scores. And you sold me with the bye week thing too. He's, you know, I'm not exactly about keeping extra tight ends around if I don't need them. Henry, I didn't realize his scoring was so high. Like you said, five touchdowns in the last six weeks. So uh, Johnny Smith, I think, is questionable as well. So that possibly could open up some targets. So sure, let's let's keep Henry Hunter and Hunter Henry around and see what happens with them. But and I start I, Arnold the, Dan. <laughs> yeah, Arnold Dan, he's out of here. No, oh, wait, no, no, Arnold Dan stays. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Tyler, he's gone. All right. <laughs> no more backward name tight end. Should we get to the mailbag? Absolutely. And we have a lot of good questions. We do. We got great questions today. Thank you, listeners. All right. First one from Kevin. This might be my favorite one, too. We started with a doozy here. So Kevin has a trade. Kevin can uh, trade Adrian Peterson, Jamar Chase, and Darnell Mooney for Saquon Barkley and Terry McLaurin. So uh, here's the roster right now. His running backs are Peterson, Daryl Henderson, Khalil Herbert, Tony Pollard, A.J. Dillon. And his receiver is much stronger. He's got Chase and Mooney, obviously. And then Devonta Adams, C.D. Lamb, Stephon Diggs, and Rashad Bateman. So back to the trade. Peterson, Chase, and Mooney for Saquon and Scary Terry. What do you think about this deal? This is, I, I love trying to like parse through these mega deals. Because this is honestly, in terms of like trade, philosophy where you can actually get a lot of value i think from people one for one trades you really can't because like you can just look at a 
at a at a ranking sheet and you know any person can figure out if that's a fair trade or not a fair trade but stuff like this this definitely muddies the water i like the fact that you're getting a two four three idea being that you are upgrading your offense your your team um darnell mooney feels like a sell high for me this moment and i'm okay obviously with you with you having just just Devonte adams cd lamb stefan diggs and terry mclaurin as your top receivers plus a flex peterson we already talked about he's like waiver wire fodder to me so i have no issues with you offloading him in that trade however i do have concerns about barkley long term i think you have the right idea but i think you could aim higher than barkley Plus McLaurin. Like, I like that package, but I think like I like the package that you're offering, but I think you might be able to do a little better. Just just my opinion. So I kind of agree with you, but I have a different twist on what I would do with it. So I love the trade. I would definitely accept this trade. I agree with the Saquon Barkley concerns. I've never been a big Saquon fan. He was on my do not draft list, but he's clearly like a sexy name in fancy football circles, and he should be back playing soon. So I'm a, like, I'm a serial trader. I just trade and trade again. And I am not afraid to trade for something that I don't want if I think someone else does want it. So I love this trade. Darnell Mooney, Adrian Peterson, Jamar Chase, all three of them seem like possible sell highs. Mooney, like you said, it's a three for two. This is a two for two. Mooney is not super relevant, especially on this team. Like he has like 700 receivers better than Darnell Mooney. So I don't worry about that. Peterson. I like, he's fine. He's a, he's a name to sell high on. Like right now is probably his best value while people are like, but he's replacing Derrick Henry. He's, he's not, he might be fine on this team. Like we need running backs on this team. So I I wouldn't be cutting Adrian Peterson, but he's a sell high chase, not necessarily a sell high, but he really can't get any better than he's been. Like he, he could lose value. He can't really gain value. So it makes sense to trade those guys. Terry McLaurin, I like a lot. He's a buy low, so he's a good option. Saquon Barkley is a huge buy low. I just don't, I think I agree with you. I don't buy what he's selling us, Saquon, but I think that I would do this deal. You know, the, the thing this team needs, so you're downgrading receiver, but you, like you said, you still have Devontae and Diggs and CeeDee Lamb. So, you know, McLaurin might be very good. He could almost be as good as Chase down the stretch. We don't really know, probably not, but we'll see but you need something at running back. And Peterson's not something. Peterson is, is a nibble. Peterson's just a little nibble. He's, he's like a, put something in the lineup. Take one Barkley. I'm sorry to Adrian Peterson's grandmother that's listening yes, to this We're podcast sorry about right that. I, I've, I've said a lot of good things about Adrian. But like Barkley, if Barkley is good, like really good, like he can be, this team, like that move could send this team to a title run. If he's not good, it could be still a move that sends this team to a title run because now you trade Saquon Barkley for like, like, don't you agree if you get Barkley, even if you don't want him, can't you trade him for all but like seven or eight other running backs in the league? Like I look at Barkley, I'm like, if I don't want that name, I can pick almost all the other running back names. Don't you think that he's that valuable or am I thinking too highly of him? I am not sure, just given the injury history at this point, And at least I am not optimistic about the giants. And I think the wheels could be coming off this season and them not really wanting to stress him. I think he'll, we'll see him again this season, but there's a good chance that he never sees 20 carries again. So I think that that is a little concerning for me because why would they 
put that kind of workload on him in a, in a losing season. So I guess those are kind of like my, my concerns, but I do like your point that like, even if you don't want Barkley, someone might, uh, definitely makes more sense in that context. So I would say this is a, this is a good trade and you should accept it. All right. Let's go to Kenzie. Kenzie says, hi, Samantha. I was cruising with Derrick Henry and just barely eked out a win with 55 points. Boy, that, that is a nice Sunday if you get a win with 55 points. Kenzie wants to know, what can I do to save my season? I'm still second in the league for now. Thank you. Kudos for staying afloat, uh, being second without King Henry, and somehow putting up the W with 55 points. I know it was a brutal week, so uh, glad that that worked out for you because in a lot of my leagues, it did not. Um, I mean, to save your season, there's a lot a lot of things you should be doing. You need to stay diligent on the waiver wire. Of course, they're always going to be, especially like running back type guys, guys in the rough, like diamonds in the rough that can give you RB2 or RB1 production in certain weeks. We've seen it with Chuba Hubbard. We've seen it with Khalil Herbert uh, when some guy comes down and it's maybe not a season long thing, but like we're in week 10 right now. You may only need like one or two weeks out of a guy. Uh, and, you know, guys like Brandon Ayuk may have gotten dropped in your leagues. He was 52% rostered going into this waiver cycle. I assume he's probably closer to like 75% at this point, but guys like that get, get dropped. So like uh, Clyde Edwards Elair was <laughs> on one of my waiver wires. Uh and I did not win the bid, which I was really, really bummed about. <laughs> but like stuff like that happens. I know maybe not in like super sharp leagues, but like stuff like that happens. You got to be really diligent on that. Um, and like, obviously, we're very pro trade. I think uh, you probably need to make some trades without knowing your roster. I'm going to assume you are now lean at running back. I don't think that's a crazy jump. So perhaps you could package like a second RB plus a wide receiver for a mid to low end RB one guys like Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Nick, Nick Chubb might be a good buy right now. Uh, Daryl Henderson, Deandre Swift, like that kind of range of guys, I think you could target. So I would probably try to think about that scope out who is rostering those guys in your league and send out some trade offers. If you are not comfortable just like sending blind offers though. Cause I don't really do that either. And if you know the people in your league, I would actually suggest like just sending them a message and saying, Hey, what would you possibly want from my roster for Nick Chubb? And you're kind of letting them metaphorically open the kimono first. Maybe he's off the, the table, but I think it's important to try and remember don't act desperate because they'll know since you were the Henry manager or possibly have him in your IR spot or whatever. They may try to lowball you. So just uh, just keep that in mind. Yeah, I think that's good. Definitely that's a spot to look around for trades. I will say as a as like I said, a serial trader, uh, that's T-R-A-D-E-R, not a traitor. I'm not a serial traitor. Uh, but one thing I would disagree with, I would prefer that you do make the first offer because like th this is this is a negotiation. However, you know, it depends on what you think of this person you're trading with. You know, if you are negotiating a salary, you always want to let the other people make the first offer because like you don't want to set the bar too low. In this case, I think you want to do the opposite because if you, if somebody comes to me here, you know, what you just told me of like, you send the email or the message saying, Hey, I would like Nick Chubb. What, you know, what's the offer? What would you take? I interpret that as weakness. And I'm like, okay, I have, I have the whole table open before me. You just put your cards on the table and told me what you want. 
And now I know I can really charge you a premium for it. So I would rather keep my cards close to the vest a little bit. I want to make the first offer. And I'm not going to lowball either necessarily. It depends on how close of a friend I am to this person in the league. I might just like, you know, put a little poke in my email too. But I want to like set the bar a little low. Like I, if I let them make the offer, they might come back for me, my top three guys. And now any other counter I have is going to look terrible compared to where they started. So I would rather start with the other offer and then knowing I'm going to probably have to increase because, you know, it's about perception and like, like setting what, you know, what you're comparing to. So that, that's how I like to do trades. I agree though, for Kenzie, making trades, looking around, this is the rare spot where you might do a one for two trade. I almost never do that kind of deal. I rather get the one. But when you lost Derrick Henry, this is, you know, when, when you lost the king of fantasy football and you have to replace him, you probably need multiple people. So it is a spot for that. If it's a keeper dynasty league, you need to make a choice of, okay, is this team worth investing in? If it's not, this might be a time to sell some of your guys off and be like, all right, well, Henry's out. He'll be back next year. Let's sell and, you know, help my team for the future. Uh, if it is, uh, and same thing, even if it's, if it's just a regular, like a standard league, you know, keep an eye on those people who are either desperately fighting for the playoffs and, and need a win badly. Kenzie says that she's in the second place. So you probably don't need to desperately get the win this week. So you can prey on the people who are more desperate, either because like their guy is hurt right now. Like you said, Nick Chubb, that's a great one. What if Nick Chubb misses this week and this guy's in eighth place fighting for his playoff lives and he, he can't afford another loss. Nick Chubb is a great target to be like, hey, here's some guys I have that will actually score points for you this week. I won with 55 last week. Maybe you could do that too. Have some of my guys. I'll take the risk on Nick Chubb and hope that he comes back healthy later. So I think, yeah, just be creative. Look around for options. The thing too, in fantasy football, every year we get to like week 13 and you're like, okay, who are the top 10 running backs to play this week? Like six of them were not drafted. <laughs> like, you know, like we're... Right. We're playing Devontae Freeman and Adrian Peterson in lineups. Like, if nothing else, what just year be like uh, uh, Marshawn Lynch. So I'll pick up Marshawn Lynch and Fred Taylor. Maybe he'll like who knows any old running back. You know, like, like uh, you just just grab a name, Barry Sanders. Maybe he'll come back around. Just put somebody in your in your roster, and these guys are all coming back anyways. So, but I, I mean, I'm joking. But there will be running backs who are available. Like, so some team will have another injury the next Derrick Henry, whoever that is, because it's going to happen. And there'll be another waiver spot. So I would say maybe be conservative on waivers. Like if you're in a league where there's a rolling waiver order or you have, you know, fab, like save up a little bit so that when that next Derrick Henry happens, you are in position to get the Adrian Peterson or whoever that is. So yeah, that's, that's all what I think that I would be trying, but. I no, like your people. trade philosophy. Uh, I, I will admit that I am a little bit more sheepish in terms of the trades <laughs> and it sounds like you're a wolf. So it, uh, you know what, you should probably take Brandon's advice, but no, I mean, it's, it's like a matter of comfort thing to me. Cause then I'm like, I don't want to sound like I'm lowballing or, or whatever. And I like it to be more of a conversation, but that's like also just my relationship with some of my league mates that it just lends yeah. itself to that more. So it would it, like, it would feel weird to just send like a cold offer. They'd be like, Hey, are you okay? So it obviously just depends on your style. Uh, and yeah, I definitely 
like that idea of being conservative on the waivers. Like I, I meant be diligent, not literally pick up everyone. Um, yeah, certainly sure. just, just making sure you're, you're abreast of that and, and things that are happening yearly. Cause like I said, there are, are people that will just drop guys cause they need the roster space and one man's trash, another man's treasure. So anyway, that is my take on that. All right. We've got another big trade offer here from Mark with the C. So Mark with the C lost Derrick Henry. Boy, this is a pandemic. Hey, we're in <laughs> pandemic right now. I guess that makes sense. Uh, so Mark's running backs now are Damian Harris and James Robinson. He was just offered Austin Eckler and Traquan Smith for Damian Harris and CD Lamb. What do you think? Should he take this trade? Mm, I, I like I think you need to take you need to trade as we just spoke about as the, the Henry manager. I think that's kind of the only route. First, you have two very passable running backs. I understand that like this is a down. This was this was a bad week situation um, just because Harris got banged up. So like his stock is a little down. He, he had a head injury, but I don't think that that's going to be a long term situation. And then James Robinson obviously missed the game. Uh, I don't I mean, he is like week to week or day to day. So there's a good chance that he plays in this game. So, I mean, there's a good chance if you're stacked at other spots that you could just make do with those guys. But that said, like, I think going back to the trade offer, Traquan Smith, waiver wire caliber receiver. So I don't know, like, I'm not, I'm completely tossing him out of this. So we're looking at Harris and Lamb for Eckler. And I don't like it. Uh, I think you're just giving, I love Austin Eckler and I like the idea of this trade, but I think you're giving up too much. Uh, CeeDee Lamb is a low end wide receiver one and Damian Harris has like, low end RB one potential, I think, uh, just in terms of the workload alone. So I would rather find another receiver on your team to package with Harris for Eckler. I think that would be a more fair trade. This just feels a little too lopsided. Like I get it. You don't have to win every trade, but this feels too much. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? You have to win every trade. Samantha, we win <laughs> trades. This is no, how no, no, no. like uh, the, the mentality that people I know, I know. don't like if, if a trade makes your team better, like it doesn't yep. necessarily need to be a, a W. Uh, I think Agreed. there's a little you, nuance. You don't there. have to, you, it doesn't have to be a slam dunk. Oh my gosh. How did you get that? Just, just yes. make the trade that helps you. Even if it's just a little bit. So I, I, Here's what I like about this offer. I really went back and forth. I looked into the numbers on these guys. I, I like, you know, I agree. Traquan Smith, he's, he's not in this trade. Traquan Smith is like the cut from this trade. <laughs> so this is interesting because we have the Henry owner who we just said Kenzie's as a Henry owner should be trading maybe two for one. Uh, sorry, one for two to restock the lineup. Here's a Henry owner possibly trading two for one. So I'm a little concerned like you, you essentially are losing two starters in your lineup. If you're Mark here, you already lost Henry and now you're losing lamb. You know, we don't know how, how deep the team is, but there, that is a lot. Like this is like two weeks ago, you do this offer maybe. And you're like, Hey, I have Henry and Eckler. Now let's go bring it on. This seems like maybe not the moment for it, but what I like about the offer again, back to my trade philosophy Austin Eckler owner has shown weakness by offering you this deal. Like they, they, they offered Eckler for Harrison lamb. That tells me if I'm Mark, they want something out of this. It's like, you don't just go around offering away your stud running back, Austin Eckler, like the star of your team, unless there's like either maybe like take a look at the roster. Maybe he really needs a receiver badly. 
If so, then he probably going to want to keep Lamb in the trade, but maybe you can get away with not trading Damian Harris. Is there a third running back on your team? Do you prefer, you know, trading Robinson instead of Harris? Um, maybe not. Maybe this person uh, insists on it's got to be Harris and Lamb. Okay, well, then I don't want Traquan Smith. He goes on the waivers. What about this receiver that you have? So, like, the, there, I think this trade is a no for now, but it's close. It's very close. It's very hard for me to not accept a trade for Austin Eckler. Almost any trade. Like, I love Austin Eckler. I was all over him before the season. I just like Harrison Lamb a lot, too. So, I think that this is not, this is a not yet, but it could be workshopped. And the way that, since this was offered to you, I think that there's room for it. Like, let me ask you this, Samantha. Austin Eckler plus fill in the blank. Who is the receiver that's not Traquan Smith where you're like, okay, now I will trade Harrison Lamb for Eckler. And like, how good of a receiver would you be looking for if you are Mark? Like T Higgins, maybe. I don't know. Something that's like in the wide receiver three. Yeah. Like a playable name, right? Yes, a playable name that you could flex or something when you don't have another spot. Like, hopefully they're not necessarily your starter, but it's better than Traquan Smith because I don't want anything to do with Traquan Smith. So someone better than that, but you're probably not going to get like a a wide receiver two out of this. I I just, I doubt that. And the the thing with, so I trade so much that what I've learned (laughs) is like, yeah, we, we, we've been over this. I, I have okay, problems. This, this, is, this is the trade trading anonymous meeting, right? I'm Brandon Anderson. So if you are the person like T Higgins is not that big of a deal, right? Like he's not a, a make or break player. If you are on the cusp of a trade and you're the guy that like really wants Damien Harris and CD lamb, there's a very low chance that T Higgins is really the reason you're going to walk away from it. If you really want whatever the deal is, T Higgins is the exact sort of like, well, I really shouldn't have to give him up in this, but I can't walk away from this deal. If you are truly insisting that you need Higgins to get the deal done, which I am, I would never back away. Then like, it's a great way to get a little something extra on the deal. 